Hi everybody, I'm Rebecca Saltzman and welcome to another episode of Balagan Vegan Journey to Organization. This is episode nine. I'm really, really excited to be here with everybody today. I had a lot of great feedback on the voicemail um, from post Pesach and I wanna, I wanna share a little bit with you guys. Um, I don't know who everybody is. Not everybody leaves me their name, um, and that's okay. You don't have to leave me your name. Uh, it's nice for me if you want to leave me your name. Tov, that's that's better. I like that better because then I I know who I'm talking to in my in my uh, in the episode, and like I feel like I'm sending you a telepathic message when I know your name. And if you say your name and you don't want me to say your name on the line, then just tell me you don't want me to say your name, and I'll. I'll be happy to not say your name, but I, I want to send you that telepathic message, you know, that I'm thinking of you and that I'm proud of you. And um, so the first lady, this is a, a, just a follow up from Pesach. The first lady who called me said she really had a lot of Masira's Nefesh from getting into her Pesach cabinet because she had another closet in front of it. And so she changed, she moved her Pesach cabinet to the other closet and got rid of a good portion of the things in the other closet and and it made her life easier but not only did it make her life easier it made her kids life easier because that other closet had the toys and so now the kids can access the toys more easily from the pesa uh from the way that it was um and when she told me that she said she felt like it was a machaya but i want to use a word that really symbolizes Pesach. Um, Machaya to me is like a relief. Um, and maybe I'm not translating that word properly in English, but when I think of Machaya, I think of relief. But what I really want you to think of, especially in this case, because it was Dafka Pesach, um, is freedom. You're a little bit more free next year before Pesach. You're making your life a little bit easier by having less things, by, by being able to know that next Pesach, you're going to be able to move into your Pesach cabinet with ease. That's relief, but it also is freedom. Freedom from the bondage of disorganization. I, I, I know that sounds like a little bit, um, I don't know, gimmicky, you know, related to Pesach, but really, what, what this story related to me more than anything else was that we don't need, and I said this before Pesach, we don't need to go into Pesach feeling as if we were the freed slaves ourselves. We're supposed to feel like we understand the B'nai Israel and that they were freed and, and we're supposed to feel like we were free themselves, but we don't actually literally need to be the ones who were freed. And it's supposed to be, you know, a metaphorical feeling that we were freed, but we don't actually need to literally feel like we were the ones rescued from slavery. I, I, I don't mean to say that housework is, is slavery, but it is a little bit bondage, you know, we're tied to making Pesach. We must move our utensils over. We must do, you know, the cooking and the cleaning. And there's a lot of preparation and it is a certain level of, 
you know, bondage. And it's, it's a lot. And, um, I, I was so glad to hear this really, this, this story. Um, unfortunately I lost some of the details cause the connection on the call wasn't so clear. So I, I didn't hear every detail, but in the end, I, I'm pretty sure she said to me that her kids were so much happier because her kids were so much happier because now they could access their toys more easily. And this is the whole point of our journey to organization. The point of this journey is for us to feel more free, to us to feel relief, and for that to spread to the rest of our family and to all the people who we love. When we feel calm and relaxed, other people feel calm and relaxed. And this is this is a, a beautiful thing that we can, we have the power to influence our families with these relaxed feelings. If, if your house is, uh, you know, always cluttered and you're always yelling at your kids, put that away, put that away, then you, you can't think. The house is a mess. You're worried you'll kill yourself if you trip over a Lego, like, or, or that you'll step on a Lego, which is actually really, really painful. Um, and you know, that is so stressful to be worried about if you're going to step on a Lego or trip over a scooter or, or I don't know, the shoes are there and it looks ugly and it looks like you don't keep a clean house, but you do keep a clean house and you're always constantly cleaning when you're organized, you clean less and actually you organize less because there's less to organize. So when you actually, I'm going to, I want to back that up a minute when you reduce your belongings and keep only what is essential to you, you're able to clean less and organize less because you have less to clean and less to organize. Now, um, I want to segue that into another call I got from somebody who also asked me not to say her name. And she told me, um, and, I, and I will Bezrat Hashem reach out to you on email like you asked me to, uh, but I, I want to bring this up. Um, she said to me that she got a hold of the book that I said that inspired me, Zero Waste Home. And she also asked me a few questions about that, so I'm going to get into that in a minute. But she also asked me where I learned the idea about bitachon and purging what we have uh, knowing that Hashem will always bring back to us what we need, even if it's not exactly the same thing or, or not in the same way, or if a situation comes up where we said, oh, that would have been really useful, and then we don't have it anymore because we purged it, knowing that we have something else in our arsenal to solve the problem. Um, I, I really I learned these concepts from Chaya Hinda Allen and when I took her program, Jewish Positive Thinking. Now, I want to tell you that doing Trayahinda's program in conjunction with reading Zero Waste Home is really what inspired me. But I want to back up the story and tell you a little bit more about me so that we can go forward and you can understand exactly how I got to where I am. I, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, but I'll say it again. Um, I... I I went to design school and got a degree in fashion design, but I actually started uh, my career in organizing when I was in high school, 20 years ago, no, uh, I'm really proud of that, 18, about 18 years ago, um, and the way that I started was that I had a client, well, no, I worked at the, I worked at the Gap, 
And there was a customer one night, and she came in, and her name was Bridget. And Bridget uh, tried on a whole bunch of stuff in the fitting room, and like a lot of stuff, like 20 or 30 pieces. And she walked home, she left the store with, with two pieces. And you might think that I was not doing my job as a salesperson by saying, you know, you look good or you don't look good, or maybe you think I am doing my job as a salesperson. But I honestly gave her my honest opinion about what looked good on her and what, what I thought she needed. And, and at the end, while we were checking out, she said to me, I wish you could come home with me and, and, and you know, help me in my, in my real closet. Like, how do I put this together with what I already have? And how, how, do I, how do I do it? What do I do? So I did. I went to her house, which in hindsight was really foolish. Because <laughs> she was a stranger, but um, I went to her house and we took everything out of her closet and we went through each piece, piece by piece. What is essential for her? What does she need every single day? Um, she, I don't remember what she did. I think she was a therapist or a psychoanalyst. I can't remember exactly what she did now. It was a long time ago. Um, and you know, she needed to look professional when she saw her clients, but she also had a significant amount of downtime. She was a single mom. She had one son. Now, she, she, what I deemed she needed was also what she thought she needed. So, so we talked about what I thought she needed, which was a clear, concise wardrobe, something that she could not have to think about anymore. So we went through all the pieces. We threw out anything that was old or worn or out of style or that she just hadn't worn. And we really, we went through it and we were ruthless. We were like, no, this is no good. This is ripped. This is stained. This is ugly. Uh, this doesn't fit you. And it's not worth the cost of tailoring to make it look nice on you. Um, and we, we decided what she needed to have in her closet that was going to fill in the gaps from what she uh had already had so so if you know she wore pants you know so she needed five pairs of pants or, or five skirts or whatever to get through the day through the week she had that and she needed eight tops and and she needed four top four outfits for the weekend so she could rotate them and and that's what we did and i have to tell you at, at after we decided what she needed, we went shopping with a list and we picked out only the pieces she actually needed, the ones that looked best on her, even though they were a tiny bit more expensive than what she had usually purchased, they looked better and they lasted her longer. And she was happy because every morning she got dressed with ease. She didn't have to think about it. She knew she had, you know, a whole bunch of outfits in her closet that everything matched and everything looked good together, and everything looked good on her. And that made her life easier. And so, so, and so the point of me telling you this story is because I want you to understand that I'm not coming at organization as like, oh my gosh, I, I read this book and now I'm, I'm gonna be a personal organizer. I mean, I had a lot of background in organization starting from you know, when I was in high school. And, and, and while I was in college, as a way to make money on the side, I used to organize my friends' houses and, and I would help them move and, and do things like that. But, but as we know, there are really no coincidences in life. And so reading that book 
And taking that class uh, at that specific time was just the crescendo that I needed to move my life forward and propel my own self. Um, I'm so glad that it inspired you. Uh, and, and I want to answer sort of the next question that you asked, which was, how does zero waste um, allow us to be more organized? And it's a, really, it's a really, really great question. Zero waste allows us to be organized because think about what's in your house. What's in your house? Garbage. I'm sure if you go to your garbage can, it's full right now or you just took it out. I'm sure your recycling is full. I'm sure that there's toys on your floor or that you've asked your kids recently in the last 24 hours to get the toys out of the way. I'm sure that when you walked into your house, your kids left the backpacks on the floor and you had no place to put it and you'd spend a few minutes yelling at them that, that their backpacks were in the way. Uh, any other of these scenarios, I'm, I'm sure that you have too many books that are not being read, that you probably have uh, too many uh, benchers in your drawers, half of them which are Shamos already, ready for Geniza. I, I'm sure of all these things. And if it's not that specific thing, it's something similar to that or a combination of these things. And everybody has these problems. And the thing is, is that it's true. I yell at my kids to move their shoes or move their backpacks. But I can also take the extra 30 seconds and just hang up their backpacks myself because there's a place for it. And, and most of the time, I don't have to tell my kids to put their backpacks away because they know where the place for it is. Um, they know where their toys go. They know where the books go on the shelf. They know where the dishes go in the cabinets. And it's not hard for them to put it back. They're not afraid to put those things away because a tower of other things won't fall on them if they try. A lot of times, this is our problem, especially with our kids, is that there really isn't any room to put things away because the cupboards are so overstuffed and overcrowded that you can't actually physically fit any more into it. And so when we reduce what we have and then organize what's left over, that makes our life more simple. And that reduces our waste because we only have the things that we actually need and we're not holding on to trash. Now, we haven't gone into a lot of the more complex ideas that are in that book, which are actual ways to reduce waste. For example, no more uh, single-use disposable items. That increases our waste a lot. If you actually looked at your grocery receipts or looked at your amazing savings receipts and saw how much you are actually spending on disposable items rather than buying yourself a dishwasher for Milchik and for Fleischik and teaching your kids how to load it up and unload it, you would see that you are spending more money on disposable items than buying the best top-of-the-line dishwasher, especially if you're buying the fanciest um, uh, single-use disposable items. Chad Pami, that's what we call it in Hebrew. Chad Pami. So, so Chad Pami is expensive. Um, I understand you have nine kids, you have ten kids, you have seven kids, whatever number of kids you have, I understand. It seems like Chad Pami is easier, but in the, sh in the short term, yes, it's easier to go to the store and buy things. But let me ask you this, in the long term, is it really easier? And does it cost us less? 
and, and forget the environmental aspect of it, that it's really bad for the environment. But in the short term, it doesn't, it makes our lives easier. But in the long term, it costs us more money over time. And it actually takes more time because think about it. You have to go to the store and buy it and remember to buy it. And then you have to find a place to stash it and hope and pray that it won't fall down on you when, when you go out to get something from the cabinet. And, and then you have to throw it away. So you're basically buying something that you're just going to throw away. I mean, that's basically throwing your money in the trash. And then not only are you throwing it in the trash, but then you have to take the trash out. And you're paying for that bag, by the way, to throw the trash out. So think about it in more of like a holistic sense, trash. I mean, we don't think about our trash a lot because we think, oh, it's garbage. You know, we don't need it anymore. But if we actually take the time to reduce what we're using, we'll have less garbage and in the end we will save money. Now I want to tell you a story about a few weeks ago about when I, I was uh, in Zichron Yaakov and I knew I was going to Zichron Yaakov and I bought, brought my reusable olive oil bottle with me because there they have wine and olive oil on tap and you can bring your own bottle and refill it. Now a couple of people who are sort of, oh zero waste is so expensive said to me, how much did that cost you? Well, it cost me about 10 shekels more than what I would have bought in the grocery store. However, it tasted better um, and it gave me more satisfaction knowing that I wasn't contributing to another glass bottle being created so that I could have olive oil. But it's true that that particular product cost me more. But overall, the savings that I get from zero waste means that I can spend a little bit more on more premium, better tasting, better for me products. So because I spent that extra, you know, 10 shekels, um, I feel like I got a better, healthier for me product and better for the earth. So sometimes you have to weigh those two balances. Maybe on that particular purchase, it wasn't more cost effective, but overall it is because I don't spend that 10 shekels on disposable chad pami things. So let me roll back for a minute and, and, and get back to how we can implement things that are zero waste, how I sort of got to where I am today and, and sort of give you my, my take. And if you guys are interested in talking more about zero waste and, and learning how to reduce your waste, um, in addition to the organizing, then we can talk about that happily. I am a zero waste evangelist. I love zero waste. I love wasting less. I love reusables. I, I, they're really, it's a really important part of my organizational planning. Um, and I think that it's super important to being organized. I think zero waste and organization go hand in hand, and I'll tell you why. They go hand in hand because... In order to have less things in your life and, and, and minimize your life, zero waste helps because I never have to think about, oh, I need to go buy more bottled water. I have a reusable bottle and I have a water filter and that's it. That's all I need. I just fill my, my water bottle from my filter. I don't buy bottled water. Bottled water anyways has been proven to be not healthy for us, but it, that's a huge savings.
And we don't think about all the purchases that we are making um, on a day-to-day -day basis, but they all add up. Think about how much money you could save if you stop buying bottled water and if you stop buying um, disposable HUD PUMI things. A lot of money. And I'm not just talking about water bottles and there, and there are so many things you can save money on by, by switching to a reusable product. Um, they, they just, they last longer. Um, and that's beautiful. Saving money is really, really beautiful. Uh, the other thing that I love about zero waste is, is the simplicity of living with less makes us feel more gratitude for the things that we have. I, I truly believe it brings us closer to Hashem. Um, and I, and I got that inspiration from, from Chaya Hinda. Like, I don't believe that I, I would be sitting here talking to you today unless these two fantastic women were in my life. Um, I don't know Bea Johnson personally, though I, I wish she, I did. Um, but I do know Chaya Hinda. <laughs> and Chaya Hinda is really an inspiration to me in general all the time. And so, so yeah, so that's sort, of, that's sort of how I got started. And if you guys are interested in, in talking more about zero waste, please, 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 please leave me feedback. I also want to remind you that you guys can send me emails at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at Balagan, B-A-L-A-G-A-N, B-B-E-G-O-N-E, sorry, B-G-O-N, dot com. That's Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balaganbegone.com with pictures of your spaces. And I will happily talk about your spaces on the, on the line. I won't mention your name, but I can explain the spaces and, and I can, we can talk about the spaces. So if you have an individual question, show it to me. I don't always, can't always get the best picture. Sometimes the calls are not clear on the voicemail. So emailing is a great, great, great way to ask me questions also. And I love and I welcome your email. I get so excited when I see a voicemail from you guys or, or, or an email from somebody. I, I love it. Um, so yeah, so, so that's really um, how the two things uh, happened for me. Uh, zero Waste and, and Chaya Hinda. And, and I highly, highly, highly recommend taking Chaya Hinda's class. Um, I'm also going to be doing a, a class on organization. Um, I'll tell you more about that when it's all set up. But for now, um, I definitely recommend you go out and read Zero Waste Home. Um, you can get it um, on Kindle if you read on your Kindle. Um, it's really, it has a lot of ideas. Now, some of the things in her book, in my opinion, are, or I thought, were a little bit crazy. Um, I have implemented some of the things that she has talked about. Um, she actually talks about uh, reusable um, panty liners or, or pads. Um, I actually switched to a menstrual cup and can I just even tell you how much money that saves me? Sure, it costs $30 up front at the start, but if you think about how much money you spend every month on sanitary products, like the $30 amortizes itself very, very quickly over, I think, four months, and it lasts for a really, really long time. So like they last for like between five and 10 years, depending on the brand. And they're made of silicone, which theoretically can be recycled, but not Oh, it, you know, the facilities have to be available. Um, but that's a huge, huge money saver and cuts down on tons and tons of waste. So these are just some examples, reusable water bottles, 
um, san reusable sanitary items. Um, what's another great thing off the top of my head? I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared for this part of the discussion to, to come through. I, I had just sort of been uh, thinking about it. Um, here's another great thing, actually. What I, I bought my kids reusable sandwich bags for their lunches. Every night I just rinse them out, hang them on the drying rack, and they're ready for lunches the next, the next day. Um, I, I, what else do I use in my house? Uh, we use, oh, for school supplies. I don't buy my kids staplers for school anymore. I bought them a, a stapler, excuse me, a stapler that, um, it, it makes a, it, it's a no staple stapler. <laughs> um, and if you, if you Google no staple stapler, uh, you'll see it, it punches like a small hole and folds the paper in a certain way. Um, and it's great. I don't spend money on staples. Now, do you think that these are uh, not big ticket items, but like, they're not big ticket items. They're not gonna, hey, I stopped using staples and I saved the earth. That's, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying all these small steps put together they save us money and they save resources. So, so that's what we need to think about. When, if you, if you have trouble thinking about it, you can always say WWRD, uh, <laughs> uh, what would Rebecca do? The, uh, people tell me they do that all the time. I was in the store and I was thinking, which one should I get? Should I get the plastic or the glass? And they, they end up getting the, the glass because, oh, Rebecca would buy the glass. Uh, so you can think about that. What would I do? What would I do? I would buy the reusable sustainable option whenever I can. Even if something is slightly more expensive, I will buy a glass container over a plastic container. Do you know why? Because I can reuse the glass container. And I, the plastic ones are really not safe to reuse. And we can talk about recycling in another day. But um, yeah, I mean, I reuse all the glass containers. I give uh, things to kids. Um, in their in their lunch boxes like that, or I um, I give them to house guests when when I give leftovers because we have a lot of guests and I give leftovers. I use them for all sorts of things. I use them for when I travel. All sorts of things you can use them for. It's really really helpful. Um, but also glass can be recycled endlessly, and plastic cannot. And that's another reason why I choose um, glass over plastic. So sorry. I digress because you got me talking about a topic that I love so much. I mean, I honestly love zero waste. I really, I love talking about it. I love encouraging people to have less waste. Um, but I think that the important thing to take away from the zero waste aspect of things is to focus on the fact that A, it helps increase our bitachon, and B, that it helps increase the chofesh, the freedom of our lives. Like, we have increased freedom, increased relief, increased time when we have less things. And it doesn't matter what those things are. Um, and when we, when we really think about how many things we have and what new things we want, and we want new things, we always want new things. That's the nature of being human. How do we get those things? Hashem can give us those things when we have less. So make less so Hashem can give us more. Have less to have more. That's really what it comes down to. Now, 
I want to talk about, I hope that answered your question. I, I really do. So leave me another voicemail. I know we've been having another one or um, I'll try to send you an email and you can answer me in my, in my email. Um, I, I want to just backtrack uh, to one other question that I got this week, which was a really great, really, really great question. I should probably save it for next week because this episode has been a little bit long, but I really, 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 really want to answer it because it's such a great question. Uh, she says to me, how can I not be a procrastinator? I think of myself as slightly organized, but I procrastinate. And that goes back to what we talked about before Pesach, micro-tasking. You... In order to not procrastinate, you need to look at your um, task at hand and you need to say, how am I going to complete this task? What am I going to do to get this task done? So if you say, I need to make an appointment for my kid to go to the doctor, well then what's holding you back? Is it that you don't have the number for the doctor? Is it that you don't know when the best time to reach the doctor will be? What is it that's holding you back? So, so let's look at the steps of what you need to make an appointment. I mean, this sounds like such a basic task, and how hard is it? But like, I don't know, we procrastinate. So I find that the reason we're procrastinating, and this might be an overly simplified example, but the reason we procrastinate is because we don't actually know exactly how to complete the task. And so we need to arrange that for ourselves. We need to organize the task, if you will. When we're looking at our to-do list, we need to say not only X, Y, and Z need to be done, but how do we accomplish X, Y, and Z? Now, here's another um, piece of information on how I look at situations, is that I look at every situation as having a solution. When you are focused on the solution to the problem, even though it's not always evident that there is a solution or what the solution is, when you're focusing on finding the solution, it helps you solve the problem. Because even if you don't find the solution on your first try, or even if the solution that you find isn't the best one, it helps us focus and, and make like a, a positive impact. Like, okay, this path was not the right path, so let's backtrack and try again. But, but when you're focusing on the solution and not the problem, that's a little bit easier to stop. It, it, it helps stop the procrastination. And I think that's really, really an important piece of what, when you're procrastinating, what you're thinking about. What is it that is on your task list? So for this person who called, she didn't leave her name, I'm really interested to know sort of what's on your list of things to get done and what's holding you back. And, and, and I want to just use you as an example. Um, I won't say your name, but please do call me back and, and tell me what, what the issue is. I want to use that as an example because I just, I want to know like what in real life, what are the things you're procrastinating about? Now, I personally hate talking on the phone. So I do procrastinate on the doctor's appointment. It's not because I, I, um, I don't have the number. I just don't like talking on the phone. Now, that's a really hard solution to find because, well, how are you going to do it? And it's not even so much that I hate talking on the phone, but it's really hard for me to make appointments in Hebrew. And that's really what holds me back. 
that's holding me back from making the appointment that I really, really need because I'm afraid I won't be able to explain myself to somebody. And, and, and when we break down the procrastination in that way, that's like, it's much easier to, to find how to complete the task. Um, and so, so that's part of microtasking. It's not just what is the steps, but also what's holding us back? Why, are, why aren't we doing this? Um, so thanks for being with me today. Uh, if, this, if any of these topics that I spoke to you about today really, really pique your interest and, we, and you want me to go more into detail about them, um, please leave me a voicemail uh, or send me an email, you know, Rebecca at balaganbegone.com. Don't forget I spell my name with a K-A-H at the end, not a C-C-A. I know it's funny. You can blame my parents for that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I really, I really want to hear from you. I'm excited to hear from you. I love hearing from you. Um, please say your name and if you, want to mention, if you want me to mention you or not. Um, and please tell me the topics you, you really want to learn more about. I want to ask you all a question. Uh, I want to know how your Pesach was. Was your Pesach more organized based on the tips that we talked about? What were some of the tips that really helped you best? Um, and I, I actually, I want to say from my personal experience, I, I know this and I, I remember it from year to year, but it, it cemented in my mind this year for some reason. I don't know why, maybe because I was talking about getting ready for Pesach so much, but I want to tell you how happy I was that we did Hagala on our silverware. It's, it's so, it, it was a little bit of discomfort of, at the front of Pesach, you know, that you can't use your silverware for 24 hours. Um, and, and, you know, that's a little bit of a challenge, plus schlepping it to the boiling pots is a, is a tiny bit of a challenge. But actually, I find that much easier than changing over my drawers at the end of Pesach when I'm really tired. So all I had to do was put a few things back in the drawer, but my silverware was already in the drawer. I didn't have to change anything over. And that was like, whoa, this is so amazing. So I just want to know what were the tips that helped you the most for Pesach so I can adapt my Pesach talk and remind you all next year what was great um, and how we should do it. And, and, and I want to hear your tips. What did you learn? What did you implement on your own? What do you do on your own? Something that I maybe didn't talk about. I, I want to know. I want to know these things. I want to hear what's working for you. So leave me a voicemail. Send me an email. Uh, check out my website. All these things, just get in contact with me. Um, you know, Send me a carrier pigeon. I don't care how you do it. I want to hear from you, all of you. So um, that's it for this week. I'm looking forward to speaking to you guys next week. Um, again, if you have any questions in between, don't hesitate. I'm, I'm here for you. I want to wish you all an organized week. I want you all to remember Hashem keeps me organized. And I want to encourage you to keep me posted on your journey to organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Be Gone, and I look forward to speaking to you all next week.